0: It's the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. Today on the podcast, we're, we're, the format's going to be a little bit different. Um, I was out of town this last weekend, and Brian Murray was the speaker, but unfortunately we did not have the SD card to record with while I was out of town, so the message did not get recorded, so um, we're doing, we just re-recorded yesterday kind of an interview to hit some of the main points that Brian covered. This is uh, State of the North Shore Vineyard. (laughs) Uh, where Brian is catching up to catching us up to where we are financially, um, volunteers and you know, just inviting everybody to be a part. So let's go ahead and head to the interview. Thanks for listening. North Shore Vineyard, downtown coming. of my issue has been as the, even as a pastor of north shore vineyard uh i think because i'd been around so many churches in my early years where uh there was the 30 minute message on tithing and the a lot of pressure on on that uh we've kind of gone to the other extreme so if most people who visit us on the weekend uh the passing the offering basket's a very uh, uh we just pass the basket we never talk much about it so um anyway without me talking any any more um Brian, what did you de- discover in this process, and kind of what are, what are your thoughts on I think where things are? The first
1: thing that I figured out was uh, probably not to open my mouth, because um, <laughs> Crispin mentioned that we've been talking about this for six months now, and, and uh, for me, um, I I got on a soapbox one afternoon while we were having some wings, and told him I think that everybody should be aware of what it was that we were doing, and if we were behind, the church should know so that we could help catch up. And the next question was, when would you like to talk? Um, so, uh, and I'm happy to do it, uh, you know, at the same time I make the joke, but it, it's important to us that we are uh, a part in, in the decision-making processes and, and, and the giving is on us. We are the people of the church, and um, so it's, it in and of itself is important.
0: Yeah, so w- what did you discover
1: in the, uh, in the numbers there? So basically, in a nutshell, um, we we had a little bit of information about our six months of- Try giving. to hold that up
0: a little closer to your face, too. I'm sorry.
1: That's okay. Um, we basically looked back at our income breakdown for the past six months, and we've taken in roughly $92,000 as a church. And when you look at that as a monthly average, we're looking at a little bit over $15,000 a month that we, that we take in. So that was just the income breakdown. Um, most of that comes from- are both our Sunday service and then some online giving as well and then there were a couple of specific areas like benevolence where we get a little bit of money uh... specifically earmarked for benevolence and in six months it was thirteen hundred dollars in benevolence uh... from there we took a a look at our expenses or our cost breakdown as well and that was what was really interesting is while we're making uh, as a church about fifteen thousand dollars a month in contributions we're spending about $16,000 a month. So over the past uh, six months, we noticed that we are falling behind by about $1,000 a month. Um, so that was kind of the focus of Sunday was sharing with everybody that we, were w- we weren't we were making it. We weren't making our obligations. And number one, we are responsible for those obligations. And then number two, if we ever want to do anything extra, then we, we have to do more than just uh, give what we're obligated to do so. Um, And it wasn't a bad thing or a doom and gloom. I mean, if we look at the history of where we've come from, in 2010, we were planted as a church. And from 2010, all the way through 2013, we were getting assistance in some way or fashion. We started out getting uh, $2,000 a month from the Kenner Vineyard. And after the first 18 months, that moved down to $1,000 a month for the next six months followed by $500 a month for the the third six months. At the same time, we went through a church transition where we moved into a bigger building because we were growing, um, and so that cost more money. We kept the smaller building for our children's ministry and then opened another building for the the sanctuary. Uh, If we wouldn't have gotten the help from a group called City Church, uh, they started renting our building from us on Sundays. That helped to offset the... The decrease in what Kenner was assisting with, they were working on, uh, decreasing and weaning us off of that assistance. City church jumped in at just the right time and helped us keep things moving along. Yeah. And then as we grew into the new building and became self-sufficient, uh, after roughly, you know, a year's worth of assistance from city church's rental, we became self-sufficient as a church in 2013.
0: Um, cool. And so we've been, we got about two years of being, uh, Paying everything solely out of the contributions of, of North Shore Vineyard people.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Unless there's some mysterious donors out there that (laughs) I don't know about, (laughs) which by the way, a lot of people don't realize this Uh, as the pastor. Um, I try to keep the policy of not knowing who gives what, because I, you know, I don't want to know because I'm just a man. And, (laughs) uh, I realized that I, I, I just think that could be a bad thing. Um, Real quick, what what are the types of things that the church gives to um, budget wise in our because I see you got like a pie chart and some stuff over here.
1: So, so basically, in addition to our operations, uh, which is, you know, like we said, roughly uh, $16,000 or $15,000 a month, um, we have children's ministry, we have youth ministry we have benevolence, um, and then we have a couple of other things. I joked on Sunday because when you look at the pie chart, women's ministry shows up as 0% of the pie. And so after Sunday, um, you may get some questions next week from Judy or somebody else about (laughs) what what more we can do for women's (laughs) ministry. Um, but overall there were a few other areas that, uh, we focus on. We, we like to help new church plants. And one of our goals is to give 1% to church plants. Um, moving forward. Yeah. And so that was shared on Sunday. In addition, we're also, and you might be able to expound on this a little bit more than I could, but the, uh, we're supporting uh, a mission in Thailand where we're giving to a missionary that uh, yeah. works over there. So.
0: Yeah, Scotty Meads, Scotty and Heather Meads head up uh, something in Thailand called Mercy for Asia. And they were our first uh, overseas missionaries that we've been able to support. We've been supporting them for a little over a year now. Year and a half, I think, and in addition to that, we give three percent to the National Vineyard, which also goes into missions and church planning efforts from the national uh, movement. But as I told Brian this last week, um, even kind of preparing for this, uh, there's a ton of things that we would love to do locally, uh, ministries, um, and even even stuff overseas. You know, a lot of people don't realize. I guess it was about two years ago we we raised around seventeen thousand dollars for a organization called Seeds of Hope in Zambia that does water wells and and job training and computer stuff. so we actually helped build a computer lab and help with some wells over there so um that was kind of a one time deal we did at Christmas, but we would love to be able to do more things like that along the way as well so um, what else we got here <laughs> oh yeah and and on the church planning side. Um, this is pretty cool that that we've got to a point where we're self-sufficient because uh, now we can actually uh, look towards helping other people who want to plant churches so uh, brian johnson who is the pastor uh, associate pastor at the kenner vineyard is getting or new orleans vineyard is getting sent out in november this year to plant a church in mid-city new orleans so it would be cool if we could help them out with some uh, financial resources or any other ways. Uh, plus, there's another church in uh, the Ponchatoula area that's looking at maybe becoming a vineyard. So um, great stuff happening in southeast Louisiana that we can maybe get a part of as far as the vineyards go. So. Well,
1: and Crispin, one of the things that I think is worth mentioning as a whole, we talked a little bit about the help that the uh, the New Orleans Vineyard has given us, and and. You know, we talked about it being 2000 for a certain period, 1000 for a period, and 500 for a period. But overall, they committed $45,000 to assisting us in opening this church. Yeah. And it, it it wouldn't have happened otherwise, and it's very much appreciated. So,
0: Yeah, that was huge. A lot of people don't realize that the vineyard model of church planting, <laughs> when we got sent out, the National Vineyard kicked in $3,000. And since we have become a church plant, the National Vineyard no longer kicks out anything. So basically, the only funding you get is from whatever sending church you have. So thank God we had a a sending church that could really help. And so, you know, any way we could participate in helping other churches get through those first few years, um, we would love to be able to give back some. some. Sure. Give um, us some uh, giving statistics here.
1: Well, so, so one of the interesting things that we that, that we put together on the slides was um, we, we made some assumptions. Since we don't really have membership here, um, we can just make some approximations as to how many people or families we feel are involved on an annual basis. So we, we assume that we have roughly 150 families that come once or twice a year. From there, uh, we, we made the assumption that roughly 50% of those are 75 families are in church on any given Sunday. and And just to share what it means for each family to give uh we we wanted everybody to understand that if we assume each one of those 75 families gave $20 more per month than they're currently giving the impact of that would be $1500 per month and that's an additional $18,000 a year in in giving that that could be utilized by the church so while it doesn't seem like a lot few cups of coffee a week it does add up, especially when you compound it with the members of the church being, you know, a group that can work on something together like that. So um, that seemed to have a lot of impact on Sunday morning. I could see some people shaking their heads and going, wow, I do make a difference instead yeah. of, you know, just thinking I'm just a small part of a bigger organization. So. So when we were talking about giving, and and Crispin mentioned his aversion to tithing, and and I think I share the same sentiment, Um, I I read 2 Corinthians 9-7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, And my stance on that historically has always been if I'm not happy about giving, I shouldn't. I, I don't, you know, it's what Paul said, if you're not a cheerful giver, don't give. And over the years, my my focus on that has changed. And and part of that is through my friend that you mentioned, um, who about nine years ago uh, passed away due to complications from ALS. And he was one of the most motivational people um, I've ever known. He was a triathlete. He was very involved in the community. And one of his core sayings was about anything in life, we don't have to do this, we get to. You know, and and he applied that a lot to athletics, but it it wasn't just athletics. It was everywhere. Um, When you'd get up in the morning and you'd be looking at a 10-mile run, he didn't have to go do it. He had the opportunity to, and and he got to go do it. Um, You know, we live in a society where we have enough food and and things that that allow us a lot of opportunity. Um, The cool thing about that is that, you know, my wife and I, Penny, were talking about this particular verse and— it shifted something for me where I don't think any longer Paul was saying, don't give if you don't want to. Paul was more saying, you should be giving with a glad heart. You, yeah. We don't have to do this. We get to do this. And, and it, it changed something for me to think about it in that way. Uh, and no longer did I have the same, I guess, anger or you know historical hangups that I'd had before. But instead... You know, look at it in a different light. So, yeah, it, it was it was pretty impactful to me, and and it was fun to share with with the group.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's huge, uh, and I know, and we haven't talked about this probably a couple of years here. Uh, I you know I try to do a little message once in a while on finances and giving, but um, for those who are new to the church, and we got a lot of new faces, um, I don't really believe in the. Um typical tithing, um, idea that is taught in most kind of evangelical churches. Um, that's all I can speak for. I'm sure it's taught in other mainline ones too. Um, but I remember getting to that point years ago, I was going to a church and I just got tired of being beat up to give all the time, whether a finances or serve. And, uh, I, somebody pulled out the passage from malachi 3 i believe you know how have you robbed god and all this stuff and and it's like i found that me and dina were giving because we didn't want to be cursed or we wanted to be blessed and so i told dina i said you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna quit tithing for a year and dina felt like we were gonna get um cursed all the time <laughs> and every time we, but we really, but it was, it was great for us because we really just started, we, we didn't stop giving, but we began to really like seek God about it. Like God, what can we do? And, and so a lot of times we just gave it to the church, but sometimes we got to help single moms with diapers, help pay the electric bill of, you know, people who were, uh, didn't have the funds to do that. And, and all of a sudden giving became like a, a joy, and then sometimes we were given more than 10%, you know, so it's it's not that I'm against, I think doing, uh, you know, giving 10% as a principle, if you want to set aside 10% of your income to give, that's perfectly fine as a discipline, but when it becomes a weighty obligation or you think it's some kind of formula um, that, that will either keep you from financial ruin <laughs> or, uh, you know, it, it, I, I, that, that doesn't, I don't think that's the right motivation, so.
1: And I think the other side of that coin and the thing that we discussed on Sunday was that we, the members of the church, if we want this to flourish and we want this to grow, number one, we need to be aware and we need to understand what it is that we you know, need to pay out on a monthly basis, yeah. what we're taking in on a monthly basis, and, and for us to have some ownership and some responsibility towards that end. Um, yeah. and, and so I, I'm hoping that we continue to do this as a— yeah. You know a biannual practice at a minimum yeah where we can yeah. share with everybody where we are financially what we need to do and if we're not doing well then we need to have you know an emergency meeting where we can share that with everybody too and and make sure that people understand where we are and if we are committed to this as an organization then we should be responsible for its growth
0: yeah well I kind of like the way you at least I don't know if you said it this way on Sunday because I didn't get to hear anything because we didn't record <laughs> it which is why we're here um, <laughs> But I kind of liked in our conversations, even leading up to this kind of talking through ideas, I, I heard you say one day, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, we're family and everybody's got to chip in. I think you said that. Do you know you didn't say that? Maybe it was somebody else, some <laughs> other brilliant person. But I like that idea that, <laughs> you know, like a, a family in our house. I did say family. OK, but I said did.
1: family with respect to when we're looking at how much we should have saved yeah. a family needs to have three to six months savings in the back yeah, yeah, in case mom or dad loses a job something with the income structure changes yeah. and you should be able to to have some savings to to go for a while until you can write whatever sure. has changed um so yeah I, I, you do equate that to a family and, and yeah. So maybe that was where the the tie in picked yeah. up. and we are a church family. You're right.
0: Well, and I, yeah, I th- I think that because it could, you know, this is not just uh we're not trying to build an institution for the sake of an institution. It really is the church is the people. It's a body, it's a family. We all have gifts that we bring to the table. Um and some of those gifts are more up front and stuff, but hey, you know, we all we all get to participate in this um you know, to make this thing thing work. But um cuz it's just what you do. <laughs> Well, how about we move from? Uh, have we said enough on finances. I think so. Okay. Well, we're going to give an update on the the ministries of the church, um, particularly children's ministry. A lot of, a lot of it, it, we've only advertised this probably this last weekend officially that we're going to two services again in September. We've kind of taken about a year break from doing two services, and so we're we're kind of maxed out in the main room but something that people don't really see is that when we're maxed out in the main room what does that mean for children's church and i don't ever get to serve over there did you you hear that get to (laughs) i did some music back there a couple months ago but i don't ever get to serve over there because i'm usually busy over here in the main building but uh what are we looking at uh numbers wise over there uh in children's ministry on the weekends
1: so basically in in the one service we have 11 workers and 47 children just through sixth grade. That's not including the junior high stuff. Uh, And the way that that breaks down is that you have one attendant and then we have an infant toddler room a two- and three-year-old room, and a pre-K to kindergarten room that each have one adult and one helper. And then we have different levels of capacity for each one of those groups. For the infants, we can take up to three infants. Uh, for the two- and three-year-olds, we can take up to eight. And then for the pre-K through kindergarten, we can take up to nine children. And it continues to go up as as you continue to get older grade groups. Uh, so we, we have been maxing out week in over week out, and we, we're... Holding steady at eleven workers and forty-seven people in roughly two thousand square feet. So,
0: and when we say eleven workers, it's basically everybody serves one one, Yeah, volunteer workers they serve one shift a month. So we're looking at that—that's over forty people a month that probably serve back there. Correct. In a a monthly period, because uh, so so we're we're close to sixty people on the weekend back there.
1: Yeah, and I, I think two really interesting points that came out of Sunday, which kind of opened people's eyes to to the need is that we at North Shore Vineyard are committed to not overworking yeah. individuals, and we don't schedule anyone more than once per month, and we will actually shut down a room if we don't have enough volunteers to keep with that scheduling of once per month per worker. Yeah. Um, so, so that was really impactful because we we want people to know when they're signing up that they're not going to be back there four weeks in a row. That you know, yeah. The most that we're going to schedule them back there is once per month and uh, if we don't have enough people volunteering then we, we would just won't have the service yeah. uh, another interesting point with regard to children's ministry uh, in general and, and you know I, I jokingly said on Sunday and, and I, I like doing it I, I really do I get to meet people I get to know their kids a little bit talk to them and, and I'm A little bit of introvert, I wouldn't necessarily reach out to (laughs) everybody that walks by me. But when you're, you know, working the attendant position, you have to. Um, What some people don't realize, and I read this on Sunday, and I'll read it here, is that we are a parent co-op. We are not a service for people to utilize. If you are part of the service, you are committed to working it as well. Um, So I read the first three paragraphs of, of our introductory materials, Uh, Welcome to North Shore Vineyard Kids and Parent Co-op. As with all cooperatives, the objectives of this parent co-op will be achieved by the participants themselves. At least one parent from each family will be working as a volunteer. Your schedule will be worked out with the appropriate coordinator based on need and your preference of age group to work with. Either of the parents may fulfill the schedule and may alternate rotations. This step alone will allow the ministry to continue to grow and improve is we must maintain proper adult-to-child ratios in the classroom. By registering your child or children in the co-op, you are also agreeing that at least one parent will become a vital part of the ministry. The parents participating will need to do the following. And, and I thought that was really impactful, yeah. and I don't think that we do enough to kind of make that awareness. Yeah. Is that it's not something that you get to use. It's something that if you're using, you are required to be a part of. <laughs> Conscription, kind of. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's 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 a good thing. It, it, you know, it keeps us as part of it, and it also keeps our budget down. I mean, yeah. it, because of the amount of volunteers that we have in the church, we do operate, I think, on less than than most churches of our size.
0: Yeah. Do. Well, yeah. When you think about that, if you got over forty adults working in a month with children's ministry, on top of that, you've got sound worship team hospitality you know probably any given sunday there's probably 60 to 70 people volunteering in some capacity um not 60 to 70 a weekend but uh 60 to 70 throughout the month that are just volunteering in different areas of the church so um i've always heard the statistic that 20 percent of the people do 80 percent of the work but i think when we look around we've We've got a much higher percentage of people. Who it's are, a different are, model. Yeah, it's a different yeah. model, um, and so that, that brings us to the other thing. So we're going to be starting starting two services, which means we're going to try to offer children in this church at least up to a, a certain age group. Um, hopefully, get get higher and higher as we go. So, uh, what do we need back there for the
1: when we launch the first service? So basically, we, we need 12 additional people over what we're currently running. We are fully staffed for the second service. Uh, and not that these 12 people have to be committed to the first service. We just need yeah. 12 additional people to staff both services. That's three per week, four weeks a month. Uh, and, and like you mentioned in our earlier conversations on the fifth Sunday, we always take a break from church and go do something fun, head yeah. out to the park. Um, so we're really looking to staff four services each month with three additional people. Cool. Cool.
0: Turn our attention to another huge value of the church, hospitality, Um, coffee, uh, greeting, making this place feel warm and inviting on the Sunday mornings. Uh, What do we do there?
1: So Judy's been heading that up, and, and Judy does an amazing job. Of hospitality and basically we just have those three areas of service we start first thing in the morning by somebody coming in and grinding beans and making coffee uh, so that we have you know like Crispin said a warm and inviting area for for people to come into Uh, people get here early they fellowship they talk sometimes we can't even get them in the room because they're enjoying themselves (laughs) so much Um, so so that it's it's a really good thing to see people getting to know each other and and really enjoying time together Um, the, the two areas that, uh, we jokingly say the coffee is the most important, um, but greeting, just making sure that when somebody comes for the first time that somebody says hello to them and somebody makes sure that they, uh, know where to go, what to do. If they need an escort to children's ministry, the building separate, we, we have somebody walk them over. We walk them through the process. Uh, we just make sure that you feel welcome when you come. And from there, we also have an informational desk where uh, as weeks come and go and you want to sign up for a particular uh, ministry or a, a, a different service that we offer, um, buy a CD, uh, anything like that. We have an informational desk at the back, which caters both to our new members and our existing members. Yeah. Cool. And then there, uh, the Judy, Judy had mentioned that uh, in, in this area, we don't like to m- do work people more than once every two months. Uh, so if we had four additional baristas, if we had four additional people who were willing to make coffee one time every two months, six times a year, then we're fully covered for that ministry as well.
0: And like, who doesn't already make some coffee (laughs) a few times a week? Probably, um, see with the money that you're saving by not spending it at Starbucks that you can give to the church, you're going to get good experience doing coffee every day. And so you can just continue that on a Sunday morning. Okay. Maybe that doesn't work. uh, (laughs) So, uh just in summing everything up.
1: Uh basically Closing I mean, argument. yeah, no, <laughs> we uh, the, the 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 focus of of Sunday morning is that is that we are the church. Uh I I jokingly said that Crispin wasn't here and I was okay with that cuz while he is the head of the church, a lot of these areas aren't about him. He does his job week in week out. And for for these things to to flourish and to grow, those are the the other areas that we've discussed, increased giving uh additional child care workers additional hospitality workers Th- those are our areas of service and the things that we as body members of the church uh need to stand up and do um and, and we should be doing it all with a glad heart we we don't have to do this but we we do get to so
0: well cool well thanks for the update on everything um that that gives us a much better picture, and I, I I guess we'll do this in another few months. Hopefully, we won't wait another four years to find out find out the state of the vineyard. Um, so uh, thanks for getting all that material to us and and covering this last weekend.
1: And oh, it, look, Al did a great job of getting the materials to us. Yeah, Al he LeBlanc did. Is is. <laughs> Amazing it and making sure that we're in the finance team and and bookkeeping. And (laughs) there's there's a a lot lot of stuff that people don't realize behind the scenes. There's a lot of people involved, (laughs) and and, and they've all done a great job. And and I I just had the opportunity to get up and share it. So thank you.
0: My way of of running the uh, finances of this church is, you know, just stay out of the see way see if we got money in the bank <laughs> account basically and okay we'll keep paying bills <laughs> so no it's 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 been very helpful uh for me to see as well and and I'd like to say too if if anybody has any questions on this stuff uh you can contact us through the website uh there's a contact form and you can ask any questions i'll be glad to talk with anybody uh that that wants to know you know anything specific and um anyway i guess that's it uh thanks Brian thank you enjoy uh, it.